the in-person meeting that we were going to have got canceled. So we're going to do it virtually instead. What are some tips to make it the best possible meeting we can? Hey, welcome to Communication on Point. I'm Dean Hefta, and this show is dedicated to understanding and getting into the insights that can help you become a more powerful communicator and a stronger leader. Let's get started. Today's episode, we're going to look at the aspects that go into turning a real-life meeting into a virtual meeting. And we're going to talk about five different tools that you can use in making that transition. Now, here's what you'll find. Each of these five tools are useful even in a live meeting, making them more engaging. Because a lot of times, we maybe we've got two days together or a day or maybe just a couple hours for that live meeting, and we quite honestly, can kind of wing it, right? We, we get people together. We have a general idea of what we want to talk about. We've got content that we want to cover. And okay, that was a great meeting. Now back to our lives. And we can leave with kind of a sense of, yeah, I mean, we did it. We had the meeting, but did we really move the needle? And so when we think about virtual meetings, it really forces us to become more intentional because we've been stripped away of some of the typical tools that we would have when we're together. We don't have the body language. We don't have that dynamics and the energy that we have in the room or the same ability to be dynamic with what comes up on the fly. It's just a lot harder. And so you have to really be intentional about how am I going to create an experience that is valuable for the attendees. Let's talk about five tools that when we move to that virtual platform, we can use to give our audience a great experience. The first one is the planning we do. Great meetings don't happen because of when you just show up. It happens with all of the work and the planning that goes into making them go well. And so as the organizer, you're going to need to plan for the impact that you want to have. What can be really easy for us to do is say, we've got a list of things that we need to cover. Or every year we get together and have this meeting. And so we can slip into that routine challenge. We can slip into, I've got stuff that needs to be shared. The problem is, it's forgetting about the impact that we're trying to have on the attendees. And so before anything else, identifying what is the change that we want to occur with our attendees? What is the behavior that we want shifted? What is the struggle that they are dealing with that we want to address? So you're really beginning with a focus on the attendee, what they need to know, what they're wrestling with, what they're dealing with, what's really going to get their attention. Because it is a completely different experience. You've had this experience. When you choose to go to a virtual meeting that you are interested in and you know it's relevant to your life, that is a completely different experience that you're having compared to when you're mandated to go like, well, every year. And so I'm going to sit here. I'll be able to be fully distracted, get through it. They'll know that I attended and we can move on. Completely different experiences. So making sure that when we're planning it, we're planning for the impact. That's going to affect how we title the meeting. It's going to affect how we start the meeting, how we hook them those first few seconds. So take time to plan. What's the need? What's the change? What's, what's the thing that the audience really needs to know? That's number one. Number two, now that you get into it, one of the things that I like to use both in person and on virtual meetings 
is starting out with a quiz. Now, this can give some of us flashbacks maybe to school when, you know, bombing quizzes and things like that. Here's the cool part about quizzes. Some people say, well, how can you quiz me? We haven't even covered the material yet. That's what's great about it. The quiz does a couple of things. On the virtual side, even if you're not getting feedback on how well they did, when you ask them questions, maybe you're, you're going to put up just three or five questions. Our brain feels compelled to answer questions. And so you can just start out of the gate, say, hey, I want to make sure everybody uh, has a sense of where they are at. And you'll, you'll see on the screen here five questions that I want you to take a couple of minutes and answer for yourself. Write on a piece of paper your answers. So you're getting them to wrestle with it right out of the gate. It can seem counterintuitive, but let's say they get one out of the five questions right. Well, now they have to confront the fact that they don't know everything that they thought they knew. And that increases now their attention to the material that you're going to cover. Through the questions you're asking them to answer, you're also conveying what are you going to be covering. At the same time, as if they got five out of five, they're probably very well informed and they can stay tuned in and, and get better and learn more and that's fine. But at least they know where they stand on the material. So that's the second one. Use a, use a quiz at the beginning. Third, questions. As we're going along, being able to use questions, there's a few different questions that we can use along the way. Questions like, does this make sense, aren't necessarily helpful because especially in the online platform, you're not in oftentimes a lot of that dialogue. So you're not getting head nods. You're not getting, it's not a great question to start with anyway, but you don't have that feedback that you normally have in person. So you have to be very intentional about the type of questions and when you're going to use questions as you go along. So you can use questions to get them reflecting. Take a moment and think of a situation where, okay, so for yourself right now, take a moment and think of a situation where you could be putting together a web meeting. By doing that, by simply asking that question, your mind begins visualizing and it pulls you back into the conversation. See, the virtual meetings, we are continually fighting somebody's cell phone. Maybe they're sitting at their home office and they've got all kinds of other things that they could be looking at. Maybe they've got another browser window open and they're looking for something on Amazon or whatever is going on. They're distracted. When we ask those questions, it immediately pulls them right back in. So asking a question to picture a time when. You can ask almost a mini quiz question. Okay, we're moving into the next section. Before we move on, here's a question for your for you to answer. And then they write it down, or maybe you've got some, you're making sure that they've got a notebook with them so that they're writing these things down for themselves. That pulls them back in because it gets them bringing the material to their life, if that's the type of a question. It's bringing them back to confronting whether they know the material or not, using those engagement questions. And I would encourage people to use those questions at least every five minutes. You know, that pulls our mind back in, brings us back together. Have them planned out, have them written out in your facilitation guide for that meeting. That's number three. Number four, use the chat box. Getting them engaged with their computer 
gets them engaged with the material. Maybe there's 12 people on it. It gets really challenging if you just open up audio and you've got people talking over each other or you ask for input on something and it's radio silence. But you can have people answer questions, share their ideas on the chat box. So you can say, okay, right now, go to the chat window and I want everybody's response to this question. Ask the question. And now they're typing it in and you're getting a sense of their engagement. See, when I'm having to chat in the chat box, it's hard for me to be over shopping on, you know, online clothing or whatever I'm doing, watching cat videos on YouTube. It brings me in with an activity. So use the chat box wisely and you can weave that in every few minutes. Have them do something in the chat box because it brings them into the experience. Number five, this is what happens afterwards. So in your planning, don't just plan for what's the content going to be while we're talking. Make sure you spend 20% of your time thinking about, okay, what is our plan going to be for the follow-up? Are we going to send them material afterwards? Are we going to have them go and do something? How is this going to continue on? Depending on the type of meeting that we're having. It could be a meeting to inform. It could be a meeting to train. It could be a meeting to make decisions. All of those types of meetings are going to affect how do we structure it? How do we plan for it? How do we present it? And so there isn't one perfect layout that you should be using. These are tools to give you insights to adapt depending on the situation that you have. The number one thing that I run into when talking to organizers or um, managers that are putting meetings together, I'll ask them, okay, this sounds like a great meeting that you're putting in. Maybe it's a two-day seminar or whatever it is. What's your plan for helping the attendees with their implementation going on beyond this? And then that's usually a kind of a deer in the headlights look like, well, we haven't really thought about that. All of our energy is going into making a great conference. I said, that's great. But we need to be thinking beyond that because the goal isn't just to have a great meeting, a great event. The goal is to make some sort of change. And what we know from, you know, our, our, our minds is when we're exposed to something new, within just a couple of months, 90% of that is going to be gone unless we've had interventions in the meantime. So being able to, whether it's plan to send out email reminders, plan to have a 20-minute follow-up in two weeks to review the material and hear about success stories, thinking about how do we bring this impact to life? How do we support people to keep this front of mind as we go forward? So five tools to help you turn an uh, in-person meeting into a more effective online meeting. Make sure you start with planning for the impact that you want the attendees to have. Why is this meaningful to them? What are they asking themselves in their minds? Two, use a quiz right out of the gate for them to answer themselves so that they can get a sense of where am I with this material? Where do I stand? Three, Use engagement questions along the way. You can have them answer them for yourselves, or you can even bring those engagement questions into number four, which is use the chat box. Get them typing things in. Get that engagement going so that they aren't tempted to start wandering their minds off into other things. And number five, think about how you can incorporate the follow-up so that this big idea, these decisions, this, this thing that you brought people together for can stick. 
If it's going to stick, it needs follow-up and you need to plan to make sure that that happens. So I hope that in this session, there's a couple tools that you can use as you use this world of virtual meetings more and more. Put these tools to work. Try them out. Find out what works for you in your situation. Mix it up. And if you have other ideas or thoughts that would be great topics for uh, upcoming episode, please email me. It's dean at clarisresults.com. D-E-A-N at C-L-A-R-U-S results.com. Reach out to me. I love hearing from you. And I hope as you move forward this week, you make it a great one and that you try some new things to help others around you grow. Take care.